Hello, hello. This is Radio Maria, and this is your Culture Tuesday for today, Tuesday, October 26th. Thanks for joining me today. I have got in the studio, well, not in the studio, but online. Joining me is Father Toby Lee from St. Dominic's Parish in London. Hello, Father Toby. Gello, is that a mixture of a good morning and hello? It was, it um, was. Yeah. I just realised, oh no, we're rebroadcasting this in the afternoon and I don't need to say good morning. <laughs> or we can say good day. Good day. No, not to my uh, Australian roots. Good day, uh, good day, good day. How are, have you, have you, with your Australian roots, because your father is from Australia, right? Yeah. Do you still have family yeah. over there? I do. Yeah, I've got more family in Australia than I do here. <sighs> All right. We we're not going to talk about this, but we're going to talk about it. Uh, how, how are they doing in Australia with everything? Are they opening back up? Give us a little, Can you give us a little update on your family in Australia? Uh, well, the ones who live on farms, I guess it hasn't made as big a difference. Uh, but um, yeah, I think Melbourne was just opening up a couple of days ago. Uh, one of my best friends who... Uh, lives in Sydney you know he was just about to return to work for the first time in ages but yeah they've had a pretty pretty long and harsh lockdown um so yeah they are ready to uh kind of resume a bit of normality and springtime springtime normality opening up cautiously Australia you've got good times coming your way <laughs> also okay. coming hopefully <laughs> Also coming Australia's way is our dear father, Sam Randall. Rumour has it that his his plane has been delayed, 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 but it's finally going to be taken off to get him to, uh, to get him and Miriam off to Australia later this week. So, Father Sam, if you're listening, we are praying for you and your safety and those in uh, controlling the plane. <laughs> Indeed. Father Toby, we um I I've been itching to talk to you about the new James Bond film. Uh we listeners, don't worry, don't worry. We're not going to give too many spoilers. Uh but we're going to mention a couple of different films that all look at the aspect of bad guys, the villains. Maybe they're not bad guys. Let's call them villains or You've got the protagonist and the antagonist. Let's call them antagonists. That's a that's a good way to go for it. So, listeners, don't worry. We're not going to give away the ending of the new James Bond film. Uh, I've seen it. Father Toby, you've not seen it yet? You have? What's the story? I haven't seen it, but um, my uh, one of my sort of godchildren, he uh, went and saw it. They're 12. Um, they're twins. They went and saw it, and then they back phone my mum and one of them gave a she said a, t- a 20 a 20 minute blow by blow description <laughs> of the film so my mum my mum doesn't feel any need to see the film whatsoever and then she also uh yeah revealed to me the various uh, sort of plot twists so oh dear, oh dear. so yeah I, I yeah like I don't I, I don't mind if you uh, drop any spoilers because I've already received them spoiled. and not seen it it's been and it, but, but a good a good a good it's interesting actually um research shows that i don't know sometimes when you read a um particularly an older novel that has a kind of a, a longer a long introduction by some contemporary writer like they often tell you all about what happens in the story and so sometimes you think well i don't want to read that beforehand 
but actually um research seems to show that people enjoy the novel even more when they know what's going to happen even though the the kind of even if it is a suspense uh novel like, but knowing what's going to happen in plot twists doesn't seem to change our enjoyment of plot twists and that's yeah. why we can re rewatch rewatch uh, you know an old an old film and love it even though we know what's going to happen in some ways we enjoy it more that's really true. That is such a good point. Uh, and that's why I guess it's when we watch films, say, about the Bible or, like you said, films that you've watched before and, and have loved, that you can still enjoy it. Uh, uh, as an aside, Sister Gemma tells this one lovely story of this couple that was in... There's some famous town in Europe where they reenact the... Oh, they're doing it oh, next right, year. Yeah. Yes! Oh, yes. And that's next year. I need to. Uh, that's my summer holidays. Plans. Anyway, so they do that. And there was this couple that was there. They must have not known that this was a thing at this town or something. I don't. Apparently, Sister Gemma has no clue why they were so lost. But they were walking around and they were seeing some of it. And they the the, the wife wanted to go on and do something else. And the husband was like, wait, wait, wait. I want to know what happens. And she says, we know what happens. He dies and he comes back. Come on. And then they, they walked off. But it's that experiencing, it's the empathy coming along with the characters' journeys. And who knows? Who knows? Sometimes they throw in an extra little thing. I know Disney is famous for uh, readapting stories or films that we know, like Sleeping Beauty, Beauty and the Beast. And they throw in a little character here and there, that a uh, little side character that kind of gives it some, oh, oh, now, now I know what's going to happen. Oh, oh, that's interesting. I think but even then, I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's the the kind of the extra character makes interest. Like if the story says something sort of something true, something something you know real. Um, if if it if it's if it's re relate relatable. So like say even with, with like sci-fi, it's not so much the um, it's this kind of the plausibility of the relations between the the characters that matters more than the the plausibility of the of the technology that's that's there does it say something does it say something like true about humanity and then and then i think we find it engrossing that's true that's true and maybe maybe that's why now some people will argue no these new james bond films they don't give him enough of character they don't let him have enough um interaction with other characters it's always Pow, 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 bang, 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 run, 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 car chase, bang, bang, bang. Uh, but then others say, <laughs> that, that's basically the new film, bang, bang. Um, okay. but, so you're not missing. But the, they, the, some people argue that, no, whoa, Daniel Craig has given James Bond this whole new level of uh, sincerity, of charm, of fragility that you don't see in James Bond. And I think that is definitely something really nice to watch about this latest movie uh father toby is is his he's even changed it's not like he's a different bond than he's been in the last couple of films but i think he's he's definitely evolved as a person and and has become really in tune with perhaps uh be not a good guy he's a protagonist well he's been in tune more with the people he interacts with does that make sense? Like his relationship, I think they yeah. grow in this well, last film. Empathy. 
What was that? He's developed empathy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so in uh, so just trying not to do any spoilers. Okay, so in the film there are also there's okay. Let's go with the the back to the antagonist deal. So the antagonist in this film and in past films are trying to make the world a better place. They've got the best of intentions. I'm going to uh, take away all the money from the rich people in the world, or I'm going to make everything, all the internet free or all the knowledge free, or I'm going to take down the world of capitalism and so that we can be free. And this is what we want to do. And of course, as a, a viewer, you're, you're rooting for the protagonist, you're rooting for James Bond, and you automatically think, no, 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 this is the bad guy, the antagonist. He must not do this to the world because it'll ruin the world. But Father Toby, if you think about it, they've got such good intentions. Like, yeah, let's distribute wealth to everyone. Let's take down the patriarchy or whatever. Let's, let's bring up the, the, the downtrodden. What goes wrong? And this, um, <laughs> so this is where Father Toby question. gives me a huge answer and answers all my things to life. <laughs> I I think uh, I think sometimes what goes wrong is the um. Ev ev everybody in the world is a problem except me. Ah. Um, I think that that can that can be a, a a big a big problem. The 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 activism that doesn't uh, doesn't doesn't realize that. You know, I need to change the, the the classic. You know, take the log out of your own eye before you take the the splinter out of others. And it's sort of why Jordan Peterson um, winds up some young students and really appeals to to others. You know, when he talks about before you before you go out and um, join a protest for sort of world change, tidy your bedroom, um, and. Then he says, "You actually, you you find actually tidying your bedroom is is hard. Even a little bit of personal discipline is 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 difficult. And so, you know, we demand things of of other people that, in fact, we're we're sort of incapable of of doing of doing ourselves. And until we have that, you speak about James Bond having empathy. Until we have that moment of realizing our own personal fallibility, our own personal weakness, um." If we don't have that, then then we don't have empathy. And so perhaps with the antagonists, what, what they don't have is any empathy. Um, they love an idea, but they never really love a, a person. That's true. There's, that's also loving the idea, but not loving the people. I think that's where you'll see the downfall of a lot of good charities, uh, a lot of good organizations that have really good intentions but it's the idea of oh yes we're going to we're going to provide all this things but in the execution if it's not done with respect respect and dignity uh, and empathy for the people you're supporting or the projects you're, the animals you're supporting or the environment you're supporting you're not going to it's not going to be a success and it's not going to achieve the true goal which is uh, which is hopefully making good for others if your goal is just yeah well like it's often said of say like you know many communists that they or marxists that they they loved man but they never actually loved a man 
um, and it, you, you have to look at sort of you know Stalin, Lenin, Mao to 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 see that this this idea of you know great love for all all mankind, and yet prepared to kill millions of of men and women who got in the way of their idea for for what the sort of the structure of society for mankind should look like. Is there a, is there a way to so explaining these kind of things? So we were watching Avengers Endgame, and that's the antagonist. Is his name Ultron? No, it's not Ultron. Oh, what's his name? The bow. Anyway, he he his idea is: listen, the world is messed up, and there's no way to restart it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to clip my fingers. And half the world is going to disappear. And it's not judgmental because I'm not choosing, me personally, the antagonist, I'm not choosing which people are going to disappear. It's going to be how it's going to be. But we've got to get, we've got to do this cull in a way of the world's population. And my son was watching it and he, he was really, he was really confused. He was like, what, why, why is he? This makes sense, though, mummy. Like, if there's bad, he's going to get rid of some of the bad guys too, some of the people that are not nice and stuff. And maybe that is the right answer. And then at the end, oh, the spoiler alert! <laughs> at the end of the second film of Endgame, Ultron, not Ultron, whatever his name is, uh, he ends up uh, not fighting. Like, once it's done, he's like, "All right, my my job is done. I'm done." And he doesn't like fight back anymore. And he lets. Uh, Thor, uh, I don't know, just end him. So my son really, really empathized with the antagonist. I think it's because the antagonist kind of looks like my uncle. And so he was like, oh, no, that's, that's probably a little bit why. But in that in that situation, Father Toby, how, how can I explain? Is there suggestions of how I can explain? No, listen, ending life or just choosing to play god or however you may want to describe it is not the right way to get good things to happen well there's the important things you you said in there about playing god like who who gives you the the power to decide how 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 do you get to determine this and even if you're going to sort of what you were describing there like wield the the power in a in a in an arbitrary fashion so just selecting a random group of people how how do you how do you get to decide how do you get to decide this um from where do you think you derive that 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 or that authority um and and it's why sort of knowledge of the the bible is important because we we partly maybe what you know what we see in this in the story of Noah is that yeah you can you can rid mankind of of all the sort of the bad wicked people you can start off all over again with just one good family but whilst man remains in his fallen state evil evil will will, will creep back in and and multiply and and increase them and what we what we need is a what we need is a, re- a redeemer mm. Um, not a destroyer, but a but a redeemer, and so th- they don't they don't try the sort of antag- antagonists don't seem to 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 have any they don't they have no hope. Yeah. Um. They don't, they don't they don't think they don't think that people can be redeemed. 
they think it seems um you know in in the way that our sort of history books often are like people are either good or evil um not that actually all, all people are in need of redemption i it's the the lack of hope definitely i think also when you were talking about that uh, how we needed a redeemer i the for you guys listening, I, I think you may have heard me say this before, but I the, I like the ter- you know, we've got all these lovely titles for Jesus, Prince of Peace, Son of God, but I think Savior and Redeemer is 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 always top of my yeah yeah that's that's who he is, especially uh, in his vulnerability on the cross and. Uh, and his hands open wide or in his vulnerability of just being amongst the people in his uh, <laughs> in what I can assume is everyday clothes, every kind of normal people clothes. And it's just lovely to know that he doesn't come with these big. Oh, the thing with Jesus as well is he doesn't come with these big aspirational. This is what's going to he, he's got his rules and he gets he gets angry. You know, he throws tables upside down and he he does have some vocal to him but in most part he's showing through his actions and through teaching and that's how he's resolving to redeem and save the world as well as having a few miracles here and there yep yep Father Toby, really disagree with any of that. <laughs> oh yes, yes, sir. yes. Father Toby agrees. Father Toby, with because you come from the world of law, and judges are given that um, duty—perhaps we can call it a duty—to say what's right and wrong, or "Ooh, this is the punishment." Do you know? Like, are they taught? Is empathy a big part of their job, or do they need to try to keep everything as black and white as possible? Um, like there's supposed to be a an objectivity, um, you know, in 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 judges at least in in this in this country that you know when 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 sentencing they're supposed to be objective about it, um, but they do have so you know for for any given offence there is a sometimes a a sort of a, a prescribed penalty um but once you get into the sort of criminal um and sort of more serious crimes normally there's a sort of a, a, a spectrum um which, you know say from you could get from three to to ten years for for this particular crime and in so what happens in in the first instance the the job of the court is to determine whether the person is guilty or not guilty and then you move to to sentencing and in in the in the part of sentencing um are, are introduced what are, are called from the prosecution might introduce like aggravating circumstances so they would say things that make this uh crime even an, an even worse instant of the type of crime that it is and then the defense might introduce what it's a mitigating circumstances, which would be, you know, re- reasons why this should be towards the lower end of the spectrum. And in a certain way, that sort of goes somewhat with the, the sort of the Catholic analysis of, 
of, of any human act, um, of anything that we voluntarily do. So we, we analyze, you know, what, what was that act? Um, what, that's what we call the object. Um, what was it that the person did? Then we look at, we look at their intention. Um, and that would come in what the, the law sometimes calls um, the, 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 men, the mens rea, the sort of the mental, the mental state of the person. So what did they, what did they intend to do? And then the, the, the third part of our analysis is the, the circumstances. What were the circumstances around them doing, doing what they, what they did? And so the law, the law attempts to sort of objectively um, analyze these things without the sort of the judge thinking, oh, you know, I kind of like this person. I'd like to give them a, a second, a second chance. Whereas actually, I find this person just really annoying, um, and and therefore I'm not going to give them a second chance. The 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 hope is that with sentencing, that would two people, however however likable. Um, in identical circumstances, they would they would receive the sort of identical sentence. Because that's not the reality. Because whether we like people or don't like people comes into our decisions all the time with how we treat them. I think I, I my our listeners and I are are both uh, enlightened, and and I feel a bit better about our justice system as well, knowing that there's those different aspects for it, and that judges are allowed to bring humanity to uh, and empathy uh, looking at all the different parts of the the case different parts as you as you suggested as you said as you as you taught us and so that ah i feel a bit i feel a bit uh, more uh, encouraged by our justice system but i know mm. i know our listeners are also thinking now oh but what about like the so we've had in this last 18 months 19 months 20 months We've had the government, our, our leaders, not not just the UK, but the leaders across the world and scientists across the world having to take on that role of judge and figuring out how what's the best way to go about this pandemic. I don't know who the protagonist in the story is, who the antagonist is. And hopefully we're all on the same side, pretty much against the virus, against that. But do you... How do we, hmm, Father Toby? What do we? In my head, we we should be praying for our leaders, um, but then there's times where like, oh no 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 no, that leader is down. And do you have any suggestions of how, uh, especially explaining to people, ah, this is this is what this is they're taking this choice, and we either need to support them, pray for them. What do you think? What do you think, Father Toby? Does that even make sense? Yeah, like I think the first thing we would have, you know, you could ask yourself, would I really want to be in charge in this in this situation? Like, you know, for all of us who probably had the the discussions about, oh, we should be doing this, or you know, or or you know, the fact that they've not done that, or you know, that it's crazy that they've done this. Um, you know, it'd be very surprising if you hadn't been involved in one of those discussions in the past eighteen months. But I then was. there should also be a bit of you that that, rec that recognizes. Do you know what? These are really difficult decisions to make, and when certain politicians and and this doesn't help their own case, but they it's a reflection of the society they live in. They they speak about following the science, 
you can't follow the science. Science science doesn't doesn't tell you what to do. Science tells you what might happen if you do certain things or don't or don't do certain things. Um, but in any event, all all the science is is based on on on, on modeling, which is which by its very nature is going to be unreliable because it's trying to predict the future. And so you can't, you can be informed by the science, but you can't follow the science. And so these people have got massive judgments to, to make with not all the information that somebody would like to, to have to make it. And they also, you know, like they have to make a, a really hard decision, but it's, the decision that I think some people forget is happening every day about how much is a life worth. And people say you can't put um, a value on a on a life, but the reality is that that a system like our our NHS does put a value on a life and does put a value on numbers of days left. Because even in normal times, when the NHS is deciding whether a particular drug can be you know, particularly an expensive drug can be sort of purchased by the NHS for, for use for patients. It looks at the, the cost efficiency of this drug. Um, and it might be that this drug could save thousands of lives, but if each dose of it costs a million pounds, um, then they say, actually, you know, it's not worth it for what we could do. Or we have finite money. So they have really, really difficult decisions and a bit of empathy ought to... Um, allow us to think, do you know what? It must be a bit of a burden. It must be pretty difficult having to make make these decisions. Um, yeah, I think that's enough for I think me so. on that. No, you're totally with, right. That, you're yeah, totally... And I will follow up because I think one thing with our leaders that makes them not... Thanos, that's his name from Avengers, the bad guy. Thanos, they're not Thanos. They are not the recent villain from this Bond film, No Time to Die, or any of the Bond films, because they have hope. They have hope, and the others are just the villains have no hope and are giving up. The villain in Star Wars, Darth, they, they don't they don't have hope. They 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 have given up and they are down 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 and that's what saves darth oh this is another discussion for another time but that's what saves darth vader in the end isn't it um that he has hope in his son and he gives into that hope i think another thing with our political leaders uh that our the villains that we've been talking about don't have is that they they put some trust in providence as well I know so many of our doctors, so many of our, uh, even from going towards Brexit, going towards making the rules and things, they're, they're going to hey, put some trust in Providence that the Lord will bring them to the right way. The Lord will make what the, the Lord's plans will come to fruition and that every little step they take in whatever decisions they make, they trust that the Lord will do the best with what they with what they do and that definitely makes a lot of our folks here in our country and the leaders around the world the scientists the doctors around the world that makes them protagonists in my book what do you think father toby i think if you can't accept that you're not in control of really really 
of sort of big important things then you will live a, a very sort of anxious difficult difficult life mm. and uh so the, the the villain wants to control everything um whereas as christians we're, we're called to to trust in god's providence that now that doesn't mean that we we live as completely sort of passive agents in the in in, in the world but it does mean that that we understand that my my sphere of of influence my sphere of control is uh is is, is limited and it, and it's interesting when you when you look at some of the the great saints and the people who've really like, transformed societies countries very very few of them have started with with grand plans rather the the, the grand plan has sort of happened to them um somebody like mother mother teresa yeah you know, she would have had no no idea um at the time when she made the when she felt the calling to leave the Loretto sisters and to serve the poor in a in a more radical way that um something as big as what she started was was going to happen um i read a biography recently of a, an amazing man like venerable sort of aloysius sports and he he did astonishing working career, which then spread into um, Mexico, Ven Venezuela, uh, the, fi the Philippines. Um, but he started just by wanting to go and be a missionary in 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 in, in career, and to just work in one particular place. Um, but the sort of the goodness of what he was doing was attractive to to others it was attractive to to donors in the US and attractive to to people on the on the ground and he and he started to realize that god was calling him to mm. to allow the scope of this to become much much bigger but he didn't start off trying to change the world he started off trying to change himself and it and it, it snowballed from there uh, we started talking about villains and we're ending talking about heroes and those like you said uh, started transforming themselves first and then through that the world will turn and oh and right side up oh i love it father toby we have run out of time i know you've got places to run today uh would you mind uh finishing our little program our little chat with our listeners today uh with a prayer and perhaps a blessing on us as well yeah sure um, heavenly father we ask on this day that we might be granted the an, an increase in the in the virtues of, of faith hope and charity that we might we might trust in in who you are and in your and your goodness that even in the the difficulties of our life we 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 have that enduring hope that that salvation even though arduous is is possible and we ask that in everything we do this day it, it might be might be informed by by your love and that we might bring that love to all those we encounter and we ask this through christ our lord amen amen thank you father lord be with you. oh and with your spirit may almighty god bless you the father the son and the holy spirit amen amen thank you father toby have a lovely lovely day thank you very much god bless god bless you all bye-bye